You ain't gonna believe this. But you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's gonna be the best kid in the world. This kid's gonna be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Do You Expect to Talk? I'm your host, Peter, and joining me as always are the amazing Dave Bond and Chris Byrne. How are you guys doing? Feeling amazing. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and in so amazing, you said it once. <laughs> Too much amazing. We can't take much more. We're going to explode. What, you're going to explode? I, don't, I dread to ask why, but... <laughs> Too much amazing. Too much amazing. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. As you may have noticed, dear listeners, we are coming creeping towards the end of our Rocky series. Uh, this week we are discussing Rocky Balboa. What, the the character of the film? Yeah, the character. <laughs> the eponymous. <laughs> We're just going to talk about his bad breath and body odour. <laughs> and how sweaty he gets after a fight. <laughs> no, obviously the eponymous kind of... Well, it was then in 2006. Kind of like a, a cap on the series. That was until Creed came along. Uh, fairly recently. Yeah, I've always felt this was kind of like the uh, the apology to Rocky Five. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I think it was kind of like, oh, yeah, I kind of messed up with Five. I kind of want to uh, just end it properly. Redress the balance. Yeah, but um, but before we get into it, uh, tell us, is it, Becca? We have. Obviously, Swiss Stallone, not Yoke Bung, uh, but <laughs> Milo Ventimiglia, Antonio Tava. Geraldine Hughes as Marie, Pedro Lavelle as Spider Rico, Mike Tyson, if you can spot him, written and directed by Sylvester Stallone, scored by Bill Conti, and released in 2006, I believe. So, a little bit over 10 years due, but anyway, we're recovering it now, so. No, so, so Becky, this <laughs> so, was... all f- that time to get over it. This was a first watch for you, wasn't it? It was, it was. Yeah, I think I've obviously seen... The first one I've seen from the series, obviously, prior to watching this is Creed, so I've kind of worked my way backwards. Um, but yes, yeah, it's very much first watch for me. Um, I can I can see why you would kind of make it, you know, say it was the um, apology for Rocky Five. Um, there's definitely more to it. It's kind of quite soapy in some aspects. Like it may perhaps work to, you know, have worked better as a, as a TV drama. Um, but no, overall, it's you know, it's a film with heart that I enjoyed very much. 
What did you guys think to it? I thought it was... Um, it's funny to hear you say uh, sort of akin to a soap opera because I actually thought that about Five. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Five was very much and now his kid's struggling at school and, you know, and now they're being not very nice to him and they're having a debate around the dinner table about something and it, it, that felt very TV, actually, uh, just in just in execution, just in themes and so on. This I thought less so. Um, as years have gone by, it, it's not as essential to me as it once was when I look at this series. I still think you could have stopped after the one, if not two. But having gone the way we did with three and four being really over the top and then five being unfairly maligned, but it is fair to say disappointing... I was grateful for this film at the time. When it was first announced, I thought this is just going to be awful. Uh, I mean, when you look at his output, with the possible exception of Copland, between uh, Rocky V and this, it really was a lot of Sylvester Stallone either trying to branch out and failing into comedy or trying to recapture old glories in in a sort of marketplace that had changed. I'm thinking of things like Daylight which is admittedly 10 years before this, but... I think that's, like, that's where he started to kind of... That was his last big film before he descended into director TV... Sorry, director DVD kind of... Kind yeah, of I, do struggle, I do struggle to remember what he did in the interim, really. I know he did Copland the first the next year, which yeah. is a James Bangold film, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, I struggle after that to remember really what he did. I mean, there's no doubt if, if we started reading it now and I can't be bothered, but if we went if we went through IMDb, I'd go, oh, yeah, yes, of course, he did this and he did that. And I'd probably remember them. But he was even turning up in things like Spy Kids 3. Um, That's really random. <laughs> I think by the, I, I'm not as tough on somebody like Robert De Niro as others, for example, because I tend to think, you know, once you've given us a couple of decades of your best work, if you want to like slum it and have some fun in your 60s and 70s, fill your boots. If you really want to go and do Rocky and Bullwinkle and meet the fuckers and stuff like that, then fine. You don't actually owe us anything. Do what makes you happy. No, that's it. They and produce th- their best work already, so they can just go and make yeah. silly little films and I feel or the same you know, do what about they want to do. Stallone, and, and most of his career had been made on very physical parts and he was getting older. He clearly didn't have the greatest uh, timing for comedy, although he can be sort of inadvertently funny now and again. Um... So when they announced this, I mean, I'd seen in the very early days of the internet, I'd seen fan pages speculating on a Rocky Six, and it was the sort of thing you you just laugh at, because you know Sylvester Stallone by then was in his fifties, and you just go, how would that even work? Yeah, exactly. And then, and then they had announced it, and they said, well, you know, he's been he's been um, influenced both by the need to make amends for Rocky Five but also George Foreman and Larry Holmes and people like that fighting into or near their 50s. And I thought, well, even then, George Foreman, yeah, he had a big hurrah in his mid-40s, but mid-50s is a bit of a different sell. So I went in extremely sceptical, and then I watched this film that was just full of heart. It was brave in some of the decisions it made. It was one of Sly's best performances, certainly until Creed in the entire series. Um, and I liked it a great deal. Years on, yeah, it is It is a sort of reprise, a last hurrah for the character. And not one I necessarily need. But I would put it quite comfortably better, yeah, ahead of about the last three entries, quite comfortably. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it is a lot more nostalgic. It's really more of a look back. 
uh, to like say Rocky, uh, the the original, and as a series in general, uh, I felt like it was very much like of a tribute to the series, if anything, uh, which is probably the best way to do it. But it's also a yeah. detriment to the film. It just felt like a, you know, it felt like uh, it it didn't have much weight to it. But what it had was just had like well. You know, let, let's just sort of just go back one more time down memory lane. Um, you know, the, the the plot isn't particularly, you know, great. I mean, the, the, you know, it touches on a few things, but it's, you know, it's 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 pretty, it's pretty generic. Uh, but as you said, Dave, it's just it's just full of like heart and nostalgia. And I'll be honest, yeah. I cried within the first fifteen minutes. Oh, I'd be interested. I'd be interested with uh, without meaning to embarrass you at all because I cry quite easily at films. Yeah. When we get there, please tell us what it was, and I'll, t- I'll tell you. If, uh, I oh, had it was in the first reaction. fifteen minutes, but it was very, all the like nostalgic elements of it, yeah. and it, 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 it. I even kind of cried, and like, and while crying, I was like, a bit came up for. Oh, that looks a bit naff, and then continue crying. Like, so. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think the execution is, is is sort of almost better than the weight behind it, in the it is as good as you could make a Rocky film at this time. Yeah. But it makes some, it makes some leaps. And I, I do remember I, I did a sort of jokey little article for Smorgasbord the other day um, where I was talking about, um, and I referenced where he said about there's some stuff in the basement. Now I was joking, but at the same time it took me by surprise at the time because there was nothing in this film that told me that Rocky was overcome with, pent-up frustration and rage he was definitely living a bit in the past there's no doubt about that and and it is a problem for the film because the film is is almost going around and saying wasn't that bit great remember that in rocky Mm. remember that that was really good wasn't it it does remind me or it does yeah it does remind me how thin i felt the adrian character was she was used well at times to give rocky heart and comfort and motivation but I thought back on it as he was going around different places remembering Adrian. I was thinking, apart from when he won his title and apart from when Drago was counted out, I can't remember her smiling very much. Maybe once when, you know, on the ninth wedding anniversary or something. But I never remember her saying anything particularly interesting or fun or spunky or light or anything. She was a bit of a non-character so in some respects i'm kind of glad she's gone but as he's going around giving it oh adrian this and oh adrian that i can't quite go with him i can believe his emotion because she was at the center of absolutely everything for him but i think as an audience member i struggle to go with him because i don't actually think in hindsight they necessarily had the chemistry they were hoping for well funny enough that's the that was the bit i cried at <laughs> so the ice rink Uh, no just that whole sequence of him like walking it was basically sort of walk down memory lane or this is the bit where we did this or this is the bit where we did that as a viewer was was it in your memories or was it in Sly's performance because when he says when when Paulie starts saying to him I don't want to remember this stuff I treated it awful yeah yeah and he says it wasn't the bad time the old times weren't that great and he says they were to me and his voice cracked and at that bit, you're just suddenly like gulp. Yeah, um, I was, yeah, I was a little bit like that as well. I was like, oh, you know, could feel something a bit of dust in my eye, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of it. I think it's partly down to I, I said I think I say nostalgia. I think it is looking back 
you know, at the series, you realise you, you like Rocky as a character, you like him as a guy, and I understand the whole you don't have the personal connection with Adrian, but you but you understood what she meant to him. Definitely. So it's and it that... shows you he didn't really have a lot else, did he? No, but, I, I mean, mean for such for such a personable guy, who everybody liked, few people ridiculed. You know, the, the, you think of Marie when she was younger. You know, um, he was so popular, and yet he had so few friends. Just because it's the sense of how, not well, not isolated, but kind of, kind of like alone. He's kind of he's become in that in that time frame, I guess. Yeah. It it does depend to me on how much you think about it, because, it, in all honesty. The whole transition, the whole him, you know, to his life now, the whole being where he is. I mean, somebody in Rocky's position would be able to get some way to trade on his fame, be it, you know, commentating or, you know, interviews or documentaries or anything. There would be something. So that's I struggle to find that particularly realistic that he's struggling so much. And I also struggle with all of the reasons he wants to fight again. But at the same time, the execution's really terrific. He, he, Sly takes me with him on this. And so uh, the film, and, and I think as well, it, it, I'm tempted to sit here, as I already sort of have, and say, well, it's just trading on goodwill. Do you remember how great that was? Do you remember how great that was? Well, at this point, the series is, is 30 years old. And it, it, it's earned that goodwill. It's a series that I've sat here and had problems with 3, 4, and 5. But overall, it's been entertaining most of the way through. And at times, it's been terrific. So, yeah, I kind of don't begrudge it a victory lap. Yeah, it's. it's I think, um, I think had this been fluffed in direction, it would have been a failure. Or it would have been like, oh, God, not another one of these. Uh, but I think everything else, everything is kind of so well done. I think, you know, it, it, it has a right amount of nostalgia. I mean, it does beat you off. On the top of head of it, but it does have a but it does have a really really nice look to it as well. It has like a it's not it, it it's not old fashioned in the way it's done. It's 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 kind of it's kind of like trendy it up, but without dating it like he did last time around with. Well, him going to the Rocky. ice rink, Chris, is is very much a metaphor for the film in itself, yeah. in that it feels of the the now or the now of the time, but it feels like when you when you you know you, you they would say you, you know you can't go home again. It is a bit like, I mean, I remember living away from my hometown for years. And when I came back, everything felt the same but different. And mm. I sort of belonged and I sort of didn't. And and that's kind of how the film feels to me. And it's how Rocky looks in this environment. And they don't both give into it. Paulie speaks, you know, for, I'm sure, portions of the audience in saying, we can't live like this. You know, we have to find a way forward. Mm. Yeah, it's all about kind of you know you can stop living in the past and you kind of need to be focusing on on the future and mm. as he says you know fixing your eyes firmly on on the front and what's ahead of you. <clears throat> it's very sad the life he's living, um, and he's living someone else's life. I mean, I, I never really noticed this at the time, but the restaurant. I mean, the fact it's called Adrian's is neither here nor there. Why wouldn't it be named after his you know his wife, his pride and joy? But he said that in the commentary Sylvester Stallone says he said if you look at it there's not much boxing on the walls he said there's there's you know the, there's the big watercolor of, of myself and um Apollo or Rocky and Apollo mm -hmm. he said but when you look at the walls closely there's a lot of Italian themed things but it'll be like opera singers and stuff like that he said it's been feminized it, it's it's Adrian's place yeah 
and and even that's become a monument to her well i mean if it's working as a restaurant why would he change it but at the same time he's he's working in someone else's shrine exactly yeah it's more kind of like i'll say a shrine rather than like her shadow for example yeah so I kind of living living for Adrian really. I kind of felt like a little bit kind of sorry as a kind of guy that he is because he's he's basically he's kind of there. I mean yes, it's his restaurant and it, and it seems reasonably successful as well. Um, but he seems to be kind of like part of his thing is like, oh you know you go to Adrian and you get to like sort of see Rocky and he tells the whole story again. And there was a, there was this like one bit where he's like he's like tell, he's told basically sort of oh when I when I was fighting Apollo and or doing this you get a sense that they've heard it all before and they and, and they kind of like not bored by it they want to hear it but there's, there's almost like a sad kind but of but it's like when you're like, a kid it's a bit sad be, isn't it yeah it's like when you're a kid you want to watch the same film again yeah. or be read the same bedtime story again there there is that comfort in for him but also for the the audience you know he says and Mickey, I said to Mickey, if I coulda, and they repeat, they finish the sentence for him. Mm. I woulda. I woulda. Yeah. Um, there, there is precedent for this. I mean, he said that when he was a very young, sort of twelve or something, he went to Jack Dempsey's restaurant, which is in New York. You actually, we'll, we'll come to that again, actually, because um, in the Godfather film, Michael is told to meet um, Salazzo outside Jack Dempsey's. Uh-huh. That restaurant is in that film. It's quite a famous restaurant. And obviously, when Jack Dempsey was still alive, he would be doing this. He'd be in there telling stories. So it's not it's not that unusual, particularly right. for, for Xboxes, but also Xboxes of Italian extraction, where there's um, a fondness for food and things like that. That yeah, of course they they would trade on the Italianness of their background and and sort of own a restaurant so we're not finding him in a terrible place but we're finding him just a little bit stuck we're Mm. told that the restaurant was established 10 years before and adrian appears to have died in 2002 so she's been gone about four years and he's just not moved on at all now he's trading more in his cultural heritage rather than sporting heritage i think yeah i think you get the impression the restaurant would be popular regardless oh yeah obviously he is and he works really hard at it. And I like that about Rocky. I like the fact that not only is he a grafter, and that was very much in his sort of boxing persona. Oh, yeah. But of course he would. It was Adrian's. Exactly. He would do absolutely everything he could to keep that bit of Adrian's dream, if you like, alive. Because it's never said explicitly, but I could almost guarantee that it would have been Adrian who said to him, let's try a restaurant. Well, you know, Adrian with the big ideas. I know it's a shame he's not really sort of doing anything with the mixed gym, isn't it? By this point, you would have thought that would have been. Yeah, I thought the, it would have been a storyline. Maybe you the yeah. gym, perhaps. Possibly. I do. I do know of. I do know of boxers when they retire, who won't go to a gym, because the the simple reason that it, it's kind of addictive, mm. and once you're around the sort of feel and smells of it and everything else again. It, it, it's possibly best to stay away but at the same time when you think at one point that's all he had perhaps he would have made a bit more of it I don't know mm. I do think I mean, obviously we do get into that when we get to agree but I do think one of the what the film handles well is the reason why Rocky goes to fight it's not done too much it's kind of more acknowledged at the end but the whole idea, like, I just need to let, like, let out this beast one more time. I need to sort of just, almost like, just get it out of his system. Just this I one. did feel that count came from nowhere, though. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I did, I but I did like it, it as an idea. When he, was in with, when he was in with Paulie and said, 
there's some stuff in the basement. I did not immediately know what he meant. Mm. And then he went in here and pointed at his gut, and I'm like, all right, I get it. But I'm, I'm yeah, suddenly like, I was like, I, genuinely, for a split second, I thought he was saying, well, I've still got some equipment at home in the basement. <laughs> um, so I, I thought it was, I mean, it does what the plot needs it to do. Mm. It does it as realistically as it's ever going to do it. Um, it does show us a couple of well-known people as well in, in pursuit of all of this. It hands, handles it as well as it can. There are threads it goes through that I'm not so sure about. The whole steps thing I'm not so sure about. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, the overall the overall thing for me is I, I enjoy it. I think it's got far, far better th- than it's ever got any right to be. Um, I don't think it's as good in hindsight as what we're going to get next week. Um, I might have argued different a few weeks ago, but um, yeah, really good stuff. Um, I will say I don't think um, the what's the fellow the boxer the uh, uh, is it Antonio Tava? Yeah, from for the you know the knocks on Tommy Tommy Morrison. <sighs> no, this I think I think this guy even falls short seen by that standards, um, which is kind of a shame. He because, doesn't have to carry as much as Tommy, no. though. No, so I mean that it doesn't, really it doesn't hurt. It as much. I, the film does try and give it some like acknowledgement, but I don't think it gives him his character much to work with. And I don't know, he, he kind of comes off as very, very flat. I think at least Tommy came came across as a bit more lively. I mean, it, you know, it might have been like the mullet and the puffy jacket, that kind of. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, 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 I felt like his. his yeah, you know, I mean it's not his fault because at the end of the day he's not an actor. You know, he's he's a boxer, isn't he? So I can't really knock him. I mean, I don't know, Chris. I don't disagree with you, but at the same time, I watch Rocky Five and think, God, I wish they'd cast someone else. Mm. And I don't feel that here particularly. For the little bit he has to do, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, I just I guess you just need like a bigger reason for it. But I don't, again, I think that the plot itself is pretty. We, he know. wasn't first choice. First choice was Roy Jones Jr. Mm. Now, Roy Jones Jr. apparently just didn't return Sly's calls. Uh, you'll have seen Roy Jones Jr. in The Matrix Reloaded. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best pound-for-pound fighters I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Tarver actually beat him, but that was when he was slightly past his best. And not that long after he stepped up to heavyweight and won a version of the title there. And draining himself back down to light heavyweight seemed to ruin him somehow but you know for british listeners think peak nazim hamid and take away some of the obnoxiousness and you've kind of got a bit what roy jones jr was like incredibly difficult to hear and he can act a little bit but as i say we ended up with antonio tava and he does okay as far as i'm concerned like i kind of feel with antonio tava's character there's no because he's so very much kind of seems to be controlled um, but there's no kind of real threat, or even though you know it's just a, an exhibition bout between them, there's kind of no through, no real threat there. I, I don't think that was that was my only other criticism. Um, but otherwise, no, I found this film thoroughly enjoyable, um, and yeah, certainly preferred it to five. So, shall we enjoy this film sequentially? Yeah. Okay. Back in a couple of hours, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually quite short. It's only like ninety minutes. It's yeah. been that's about hundred minutes. Yeah, I, I was think. really surprised considering yeah. the length of, of some of these some of these films. 
Um, especially by, by today's standards, and obviously, well, 2006 standards as well. Imagine um, if Christopher Nolan had directed it. Oh, bloody hell, five hours long. Jesus. Every punch would be like... Every punch would be like... Every punch would have a theme as well. And it would take an hour to get there. The theme of that punch was loneliness. Yeah, we start with a sort of banner again, where we see a little bit of scenes to come, like him yeah, outside. Yeah, like previously on Rocky. Um, and we cut to real footage of Antonio Tarver knocking people out. So we're introduced, before we're introduced, reintroduced to Rocky, we're, re, we're introduced to Mason the Line Dixon. That's a great name. That's a fantastic yeah. name. If it, and in Rocky 7, he will fight international the Dateline. Yeah, I know, but after Tommy Gunn, it's like Jesus Christ. I know. Can't you just call him John Jackson or something? (laughs) John Smith. John Jackson was a real fighter, but yeah. Um, Yeah, so it was Jack Johnson, actually. Um, But yeah, uh, um, so we go straight to that. Jack Jones versus. Yeah. (laughs) Versus no one because he's on his Jack Jones. Yeah, exactly. He's on his Jack Jones, that's it. Uh, do we start with Rocky getting out of bed? Uh, do, we we kind of don't we see um, the match um, with, uh, with uh, on the online Dixon. Yeah, we can yeah. we kind of like have a match. He kind of like he he kind of wins his fight and he's kind of getting he's booed. Yeah. And he's kind of like, why are people booing? And he keep, basically, we get like in touch to his character, basically telling, basically tell, saying, well, you're just a paper champion. You're not like you know. There's no one really relatively. What um, they um, what they say later on during the computer fight, which is voiced by Stu Nahan, who was one, who died not that long afterwards and was one of the commentators in the early fights, he um, so they say something along the lines of uh, Balboa fought in a much stronger, deeper era. Mm. This film is not afraid to address the fact that certainly post Lennox Lewis and even for some of his career, the talent pool's been sort of dropping away a bit. Um, that hasn't always been the case. I mean, the early 90s, for example, were really strong. But, yeah, he's got no one to fight. So he's, you know, taking on these fighters, beating them fairly easily. He's he's not drawing... They say to him later on, you're not getting heavyweight champion money mm. because the, the gates aren't as good or the pay-per-view figures aren't as good or whatever. So basically, you've got a decent champion. I don't think he's ever meant to be terrifying like a... Um, a club of Lang or something but you've got a decent champion in a very very shallow era of talent that's what it yeah. is yeah looking for like a great competitor looking to prove his worth really absolutely and he's kind of he's he's kind of annoyed by it and it's so we, we established that and then I like how the sequence because it kind of goes like from the like a train from New York to uh, Philadelphia and it goes straight into uh, the you know the take it back, dude. And that sounds a really nice traditional, like yeah. It's so on it's on the, the first f- film, isn't it? With his, with his it's on with the, the front singing, of this episode. Group. Yeah, that, that's the music I've, I've put on the front of this episode. And it's, you, it's it's always been lovely. You, you kind of yeah. you kind of feel like this is well, this is kind of style. This kind of like a new new look, but with traditional music, like sort of should have been what they should they did with five. It just seems like why didn't you do this? You would have made that so film so much better if you. No, could well, out... this is like this is the anniversary, isn't it? So it's like the big anniversary film, uh, harking back to all those moments. I think. Yeah. Um, I think perhaps maybe when they were making five, they didn't. I don't know if he envisioned that 
you know, a few several years later, he was going to sort of make make another one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You don't know what's going on in the head at the time. Yeah, there's yeah. no breakdancing um, in this one, though. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky is lonely. He said that he deliberately put the emphasis on Cuff and Link. Just he's living in the past. The turtles we saw in the very first film. You know, now if they live that long, why wouldn't you still have them? But it, it's well, almost no, like, it. yeah, they do. But it time. is almost like nothing's changed. And instead of instead of uh, Buckus, we see what's he called, Punchy. That's later on. Yeah, that's later that on was, in the that film. was that but... was deliberate. Yeah, the the, the juxtaposition with Buckus. He does mention that on the on the commentary. Yeah. Um, and he's running a restaurant. Yeah, he's, he looks good in a, a nice uh, burgundy jacket. He does talking. Big Alan Partridge fan. Yeah. <laughs> in a blazer. When I saw that, I did, I did think Partridge. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he seems like a good boss as well. You know, he's got, like... Nice to everyone. Yeah, yeah. he's, you know, sort of, like, you know, he's established that the, uh, uh, the, what, what's you called? Not the waitress, but the... The, the, the hostess, if you like. Yeah, so I suppose he's kind of, he's pregnant, so obviously there'll be a job position, you know, funny enough, later, uh, coming soon. Um, so yeah, you've seen something nice, guys. Like, okay, we sort of find Rocky in a reasonably good place, even though it's very mournful because he's uh, we, we we see him sitting on the grave. But of he, he's got a business. In fact, he's probably got two because he does still own the gym. Hmm. Um, so he's getting by, and he's getting. He lives in an ordinary row house, but it's all neat and tidy. He's very organised. You know, he puts breakfast out for Paulie every morning, and you know, it it's a life that's in a routine. But we see little things like he'll go out and try just doing some chin-ups. And really, it's he's not fit enough at the moment. And I don't know at what point in the film, but there's a point in the film where he tries drinking eggs as well and he can't do it anymore and he looks really frustrated with himself. <laughs> um, also, you think he'd learned by now that it's actually unhealthy for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sylvester Stallone knows it's unhealthy for you. Rocky doesn't. Yeah, um, true. But we also were introduced. It's fairly efficient storytelling. We're introduced to the fact that him and his son have a difficult relationship. Yeah, that's a bit um, awkward, isn't it? Because he's sort of working for a sort of, like, I guess, a banking firm. I would imagine. Um, yeah, something like that. Something along those lines. Works in the city. In the city. Um, yeah. And again, Sylvester Stallone says on the commentary that he deliberately shot that somewhere very stark and with lots of sort of geometric shapes, very angular, just yeah, basically to just show you he's not he's not in his comfort zone. He's not in his world. Um, no, it's completely alien I, to him. Is it just me or does like Caesar come off as a bit of a twat in all of this? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like he, he does. I mean, I think, you know, there's no getting away because like, really Rocky hasn't really doing anything wrong. He just, he's just, no, he's just, he's just a bit of a, he's, he, bit of he's a... only guilty of having been a really high achiever, and now his son is in a job that requires your brain. You don't have to talk to Rocky for that long to find that he's not overly, overly bright, so he behaves like he's really embarrassed by his dad. Yeah, well, he still says it's like a big shadow, isn't he? You know, kind of like, and it's yeah, just kind of holding him back, that. really, yeah. than feeling proud for it. I'd feel more annoyed with him if he didn't say that. The very fact he says to him, "You cast a big shadow." Mm. Is like, yeah, okay. Well, at least you're admitting it's tough, rather than just being a pig to your dad. Yeah, everyone's being a knob because of it. So. I mean, we, we do get sort of like to see what his point of view because he, he just gets told off by his boss, and then next minute is like his boss creeping up to him because he's got like Rocky, like, oh hey, you're not going to introduce me, and like take it yeah. and gets him to take a photo. So you imagine like that would piss you off. That would be like, 
you know, but then again, what's Rocky meant to do? No, go fuck yourself. You shout at my son. Yeah, and you can tell Rocky's not uncomfortable with it. I mean, yeah. he's polite, but he's like, yeah, this guy's a bit of an asshole. Yeah. Um, so we've got that. We've also got, he said he's going to come to the restaurant that evening. And he also catches up with Paulie and says, it's tonight because it's the anniversary. I'm presuming it means it's either his wedding anniversary or the anniversary of his of her death. I don't know which. Or it might even be her birthday. I don't know which, but it is some um, date yeah. of importance to Rocky. And they go around all the old haunts once a year. Uh, he turns up and they it could, go in. It could be the anniversary of the, the date when they got together. Yeah, it could have been. It could be because they do go to the, um, mm. the the rink and, you know, they do go back to where the apartment was and all the rest of it that he was staying in. I quite like all of this. Yeah. I well, really do. Well, this is the bit that made me cry, isn't it? So it's, uh, no. it, it kind of, I mean, it, it did have a bit, it's goofy bits, but it had a nice sort of characterization of Paulie. And we will say this for this film. It, it does give, Paulie's not a complete prick in this. No, no he's, he's, he's he's lovely. He's actually, actually a, a realised character, and uh, maybe that's because it's like he's he's at an older elder age now, so he's a lot more resentful. But I think this is kind of like a nice moment for him to actually acknowledge that. Like, no, I was a prick to my sister. I don't remember, I don't remember all the bad times. And it's like just making me feel guilty all, yeah. all the time. And even later on, he says to Rocky, "I'm you know I'm horrible to you too." Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah, he's, he, he's all very honest, and he's he's also quite grounded as well. Where kind of Rocky keeps on sort of living in the past, he's he's trying to kind of bring him to the future and kind of keep him grounded rather than off in you know a, a distant yeah. land maybe. So, uh, so yeah, the the opening scenes of the film are all about um, Rocky's. We see where what Rocky's doing now. We see he stands around and tells patrons stories, has photos taken with you know p- patrons, particularly uh, there's a kid there and it's his birthday or something like that. He'll do all of that. We Paulie is still working at the meatpacking plant, um, uh, and is still you know is getting older and struggling with it. There's no doubt. His son has gone on to be a really good member of society, but he struggles with his dad. Um, and keeps letting him down by not coming to the restaurant and things like that. And the other thing we see is Spider Rico is working in the kitchen for his food. Yeah, how about that? Uh, Spider Rico, if you've forgotten, listeners, was the very first shot of the very first film. Rocky was fighting him. Is that the guy headbutted? Yeah, yeah. that's Spider Rico. <laughs> and he's now on hard times, and it just says everything about both ex-fighters, that they often reach a point where the entity goes and they become friendly, but it's also Rocky. He's 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 on hard times, so Rocky's feeding him. Yeah, sort of giving yeah. him a job, and because he kind of feels a bit bad, you know. He's, 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 there's a scene where you see Spider downstairs, and he's washing up. He's like, "Oh, come on, Rocky, you know, give me something to do." Yeah. And he's like, "No, just go upstairs and, and relax, and you know." But I think you know he obviously needs needs something to fill his time. Um, Rocky's there to kind of to kind of help him out. Then you got sort of Rocky in other comments. He's like, "Didn't he knock you out? You know, didn't he knock him out?" <laughs> so I think it's it's a bit sad, but it's it's very kind that you know that Rocky's there to kind of. Given the, the leg up, as it were. Yeah, it's also a lovely sense of like gratitude as well for him. It's like, come on, we get to do something. You're feeding me, goddamn, you know, that kind of thing. So, it's a nice sort of, you know, way of like what Rocky does. Really, he sort of he builds bridges, doesn't he? He does. He does. Yeah. He? Um. So. So after that, he ends up going to the bar. He does. He does. Although I will say before we get to there, the the bit I I found really really goofy, well, and missed while I was crying was the kind of like the kind of like ghostly vision of Adrian. Yeah, 
Yeah. I just thought... That was a bit strange. Well, it wasn't strange, but it was just like... Yeah, no, it's, it just looked a bit like, you know... Cliché. I think it would have been a lot more impactful just, like, staring at the step. I think it would have known. You know, we would have got understood just from that alone. But, so. uh, yeah, that, that, that was my only sort of, like, weird sort of... And Mr. Crying going like, well, that's a bit shit. <laughs> Continuing crying. Yeah, yeah um, I know. It's it, it's all very sad. But it, he says that he he tried to um, recreate when he, when he goes up the stairs and he invites her in and she looks up to him. He said he tried to recreate that shot. He said, but I just don't know what lenses they used. He said, no matter what I did, I couldn't get the angle exactly the same. So yeah, so he goes to the bar. This this is like the old bar that. Um... Yeah, there is a deleted scene with the owner in it, who's who's lost a, a leg to diabetes. Uh, the I think the actor really had lost a leg, and he and he died a few years afterwards. But yeah, um, Marie is working behind the bar. Little Marie from the first film, screw you, creepo. <laughs> but yeah, who to thank it? Who to thank it? But yeah, she's um, a single single mum. Yeah, uh, who's a child had a child with a European gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, Rocky's geography isn't quite the best in this film, but hey ho. So yeah, they, there's a lot of mouthing off in the bar. It, it's trying to kind of tell us things have got worse somehow in the area. I mean, it wasn't great to start with, but he's he's just getting mouthed off by people who don't really know who he is, or they sort of know who he is, so they want a drink, but there's no respect for him. They talk to Marie like shit, um, and Rocky ends up pinning one of them against the wall. Um, and he said that the studio wanted him to actually beat the guy down. And he just said, that's just not Rocky. That's just not Rocky. He's proven his strength and he's proved he's, he's got an apology out of them good enough. Well, it's like he, when he was do, working for the mob, wasn't he? You know, he's like... <laughs> he doesn't want to do that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, also it's like, I think it's just down to just, I say just respect and just like the, the downgradeness of, of everything. Like the girl's like in her PJs. So she's one of, literally one of those, like, she can't be asked to get dressed properly. Yeah. It's just, you know, so it, it, it is like that, what, what, you know, whatever. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, so he, he offers uh, Maria Left Home, who, di- who didn't remember calling him Creepo. Don't know if that's deliberate or not, but where she's like, I don't remember insulting you. <laughs> Why would she? It was one yeah. evening. Yeah, well, no, that's it. Exactly. And it's not like she told, she said, screw you, Creepo, to the heavyweight champion of the world. It was just some local pug in the area. Why would she remember? Yeah, yeah the original actress wasn't available. She did shoot a cameo in, in uh, number five that was cut. Yeah. Uh, but to its benefit, really, because she would have been a prostitute. And, of course, this allows them not to go down that path. Um, I don't know what to think of the whole Marie thing. She's uh, an Irish actress, Geraldine Hughes, I think she's called. Mm-hmm. And she's fine in it. It's all fine. I like the idea of Rocky finding friendship. What yeah, I think, think that's nice, it? isn't it? Yeah. He said that, again, he said the studio were trying to push it in a romantic direction and he kept resisting. Uh, yeah. no, I, I got the impression from that as well. I think that's kind of, as, as we were kind of saying it near the top of the show, it's kind of, apart from Paulie, I would imagine there are kind of many other sort of circle of friends that we see Rocky having. Um, so I think kind of friendship here is probably like the one tenuous link. I think to have, to have the kind of obviously post Adrian um, romance angle kind of like foisted upon him, I think that would probably be a bridge too far. So it's kind of good that it's kind of more, it's kind of scale back in, in that respect. But I say, yeah, I, I, I saw like her in the role and I think she, she does a really good job with the material that she's given. So Yeah, I kind of like the dialogue of saying, like, you know, my wife's gone, but she's not gone. She's yeah. not gone. 
And the way no, he says that, he's like, you know, yeah, um, I kind of like that. Um, where do we go from there? I think we must, uh, logically, we should go straight to Mason now. Is that correct? Yeah, well, he, pre- he pretty much like offers, like, tells him to come and visit the, the restaurant, doesn't he? And then, uh, then yeah, we That's do, right. yeah, we do get some... Uh, mm. um, do we go to back to Mason, kind of, like, being called out? Uh, of... Mason, uh, doesn't Mason go to see his original trainer? Yes, that's it. And it's just that... <sighs> he says that um, it wasn't his decision to get rid of him. So it was another one of these things where he got very big very quickly and presumably they went and got him a name trainer instead of Mickey. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Instead of his version of Mickey, they went and got him, you know, a, you know, a fucking Emmanuel Stewart or something. Yeah. A name. I, I, you never get the impression that it is so much disloyalty as just going along with what he felt his career required. But of course, it's now very lonely at the top for him mm. because he's being booed is promoters who are there to talk him up and, you know, give him some kind of secure or telling him you're not getting heavyweight money and all the rest of it. And he sort of, yeah, demands he wants him back. But then I think we go to the computer simulation, which Rocky doesn't see originally because he's working. Mm. No, you kind of see it on, on TV in a bar or something, I think, isn't it? Rocky's boy does, though, doesn't he? Yeah, that's They're yeah, in a, that's they're in a bar to... after that's, work. Yeah, that's the bar scene. Yeah. Just, just to annoy him further, just to say. <laughs> <laughs> again, but again, yeah, again, they're, they're all like making fun of him, but in a nice way. I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I'm not the far. I'm not the son of anyone who was famous and a massive overachievement achiever. Particularly, you know, being worse if it was in your field, I suppose. But, um, I, I mean, my father didn't do too badly for himself, but he wasn't like super famous or anything. So we can't know what this is like. But I do think it's overplayed, and I don't actually think. Milo Ventimiglia is that good in this film. He's best known for Heroes, I think. Yeah, I think still. Gilmore Girls and, and Heroes. I mean, that's the kind yeah, of thing I, I, I know that. him for, really. The thing so. is, I don't, I don't watch a lot of TV now, so he, he could be, like, the lead in something really famous and I wouldn't necessarily know. No, but that's I, it. But I, th- I think it's kind of yeah. that kind of time, probably about 10 years ago. I mean, he had sort of, like, Heroes, Lost. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of when TV sort of maybe modern TV and Heroes sort cast. of come into its own. Sly said that he, he, he was asked why he didn't cast his son again. Yeah, and he said, I did wonder and he, that. And he said that... He's shit. He's shit acting. <laughs> he, he, he didn't say that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, uh, and I was just oh. trying to follow. <laughs> 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 um, he, said that the pro- he said the thing is, with the themes of the film, he just said, I thought it was a bit too close to home. He said that if I'd cast my son and you've got all this we don't get on and stuff, people would be, is that what it's really like? And... He just said it was awkward. He said Milo struck him because he's got a wonky mouth exactly the same as him. He said it, it even it's even wonky in the same place. It, yeah, said, I must say that. He said he a... reminded me of me and with a bit of Adrian in there. And so I can sort of see that. Yeah, I can I can see immediately. Cause I did sort of wonder why, oh, why isn't his own son in this sort of thing? But obviously you, you kind of see like the facial features and the fact that he does kind of speak out one side of his mouth. Do, do, you can see the resemblance. Do, do you think that would be the case, though, if like if Sage Sloan happened to actually be a, a decent enough actor? Like, it's like if, if, let's just say like from Rocky Five, you end up having an acting career that was, should we say, at least... I think it depends least... how it would have played out, Chris, because, let, right, let's say Sage Sloan had gone on to be a very well-known actor. Um, then you've got the issue of would he want to do this because mm-hmm. it's a supporting role. But let's say he'd been, say he did. If he'd been really famous, you may have seen him on like the red carpet together, 
and posing for photo shoots and, you know, joint interviews with GQ magazine and things like that. Mm. In which case it would have been their relationship would have been much more transparent to us. And so we probably would have been much more comfortable about casting him. The fact that Sage Stallone sort of went back into the background to suddenly cast him now and those two don't get on mm. particularly well at all. I can see why Sly might think, "Now this is awkward." Yeah, so I get. I guess so in, in that context, he would think you. He would come across as like, "Are you just sort of letting out your dirty laundry in public?" <laughs> yeah. The computer fight is based on on a on a real thing that happened in 1969. Uh, wow, they had computers back then. Well, they must. Have, I don't know if they did it on an Abacus or something. <laughs> I don't know how it worked, but they they had um they they Muhammad Ali was banned from fighting for refusing to go to Vietnam. He was in something like the third year of his ban at this point. Um, and with ex-wives and children and everything else, he was struggling financially. Um, Rocky Marciano had retired unbeaten in 1956, I think it was. Um, and he was missing the fame and all the rest of it. And so they came up with this computer idea uh, Rocky Marciano got himself in shape, put on a toupee for it and everything, took it very seriously, and they filmed 75 one-minute rounds. Um, and then they filmed various different endings, you know, knockouts either side, points, decisions, referees stepping in, all sorts of different things. And then they, and I don't know how sophisticated it was, but the, 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 the story is they put all the variables about the fighters into a computer and it spat out a result and they and they actually gave it, they edited it together to match that result, which was a 13th round Marciano knockout, which is exactly what they're saying Rocky gets here. Okay. I don't know if it's ever said in the film, it's certainly said in either the bonus features or the commentary that it's a 13th round knockout. It's taken exactly from that. Oh, I just uh, wonder, I was thinking, is that real? Because I... Sadly, I never knew anything about it prior to this. So it's interesting to learn. It is based on something real, yes. Yeah. Do you think think that alone... um, I think it's not really heavily looked upon, is it? But do you think that fact that it goes to the 13th round and it ends in a knockout for... um, yeah, Rocky. Well, well, for Rocky, the fact that it it doesn't go to knockout is is almost like a victory for um, Dixon. In, in in terms of like it's a victory for both of them it's like victory that he managed to prove everyone like that he didn't get knocked out by Rocky and it's a victory for Rocky for you know oh what you mean because the computer said he'd yeah. be knocked out and it went to the, I it's don't kinda. know I mean, I, I, I've kind of got problems with all of that because I, I we'll get to it later in the in the film I, I'm not convinced Dixon would have been quite as delighted with the way it all panned out but yeah. um, this supposedly gets everyone talking mostly now i think had rocky seen that and gone fuck me i want to fight him then it it might have been pushing it but actually it gets driven by the promoters who see an angle but it start rocky the next night paulie comes in and says watch this Hmm. they show a replay of it and suddenly rocky wants to fight again and i find that all find a kind of cringe making just just a bit where we where we had as that sort of emotional speech at the uh... he does he he says that um he wants to fight again paulie says to him what you haven't peaked yet you haven't peaked yet that's and a great kind line. of laughs at him and then he says about having stuff in the basement um, oh, right. you know, emotions and he does start to lose it and i have to say say what you like about sylvester stallone but a poorer actor this would have i would have laughed at this but i thought he was so good in this scene that i'm just like yeah, can, you, you've taken me with you. I think this is daft, but it's taken me with you. 
I think that that's the whole charm of Slayer, isn't it? I mean, you kind of you sort of knock his acting like over the years and everything, but at the same time, you have gone on this emotional journey with this character and also with with Slayer, as in terms of like a, you know director, producer, filmmaker, screenwriter, and you've kind of gone that whole kind of arc with him. So kind of it's silly at times, but it makes it all the more palpable and a little more bearable. I think because of it. I think he's just got like a. I think especially when it comes to Rocky, he takes things like kind of like personally. So he kind of like. He, he works to do a good job, and obviously his heart's in it, uh, usually. Yeah, he's got, he's got that emotional investment yeah. in it as well, haven't you, so? He, definitely, I mean, especially when it comes to this, because obviously he wants to kind of, like, end it on a good note, and kind of want, wants to kind of, like, give fans of the series, like, uh, something something good to go off on, you know, sort of like a nice little sort of... Um, <laughs> and a note to end things. So, yeah, I think, you know, he's he's kind of, like, he's putting, he's putting everything into this. So where do we go now? We go to um, we go to the state athletic commission first, where Rocky sat there, all suited and booted, ready to hear how his uh, request for a boxing license has gone. And they turn him down on the basis that he's passed everything, but with his age and wear and tear and everything, they can't, in good conscience, license him. And he gets up and gives this well speech. It's kind of a ramble about. You know the Bill of Rights and all that kind of shit, and how he it's should really be able to do whatever. Ramble, though, isn't it? Yeah, I've never liked it though. I've always thought, you know, I, I know America are all about fucking small government and people should be able to do what they want. But like, I'm, I'm totally with the board on this. The guy's 55 and had borderline brain damage. No, you so know, it's, more, no it's more health and safety, isn't it? It's just well, why would they fucking license him? But they do anyway. And then we go on, and then we go to the promoter saying to Dixon guess who's just applied for a license and got it so does where, where's where's dixon stand D- dixon is kind of like a, you know what what fighting old guy like, well, he says what, i can beat him with both hands tied behind my back and, yeah and, you know the, the obvious point is if he loses to him he's ruined and if he beats him it's so what it was an old man yeah um but i think they tried to sell it to him on the angle of heart it's it's not about how good you beat or don't beat him. It's it's about showing heart. I've, I don't really buy that, really. I mean, for, at least from his point of view, because you say it is is like kind of like well, you know, so what? I beat either beat an old man or I get really embarrassed, you know. So, like, I think maybe for Rocky it would be all heart, you know. Um, but I, I just don't think you would touch this in a million years. Yeah, you keep working away and hoping for. But you can understand that. You say if he just keeps saying no, if he if he says no, then like then what happened? The promoters will say like, oh, well, you know, Dixon um, Dixon's running scared of Rocky, you know, and all that. Yeah, so obviously it's just like, oh, for God's sake! So now he has to kind of like to kind of like force him to do it. I imagine maybe that's maybe that's what they should have done. Maybe they should have done that that bit in the film. Yeah, it's like it's this or nothing. Or yeah. It's this or you're on your own. We are not making the money we should make. You have to reset your relationship with the public, which is kind of have, would have something in it. Um, but then they go to Rocky's restaurant to talk to him about it, and they sell it as he respects the hell out of your rock. <laughs> <laughs> and Sly's like, ooh, 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 ooh. The one who does the least talking, uh, Lou DeBella, the bald one, he, he's actually a real-life promoter. Using his real name, he's playing himself. 
Yeah, I think new developers, to, new developers. I think he, I think he used to write. Um, I, I think he used to work for Showtime before that, the um, uh, cable network. So yeah, I've known this. I've known of this guy for like twenty odd years. So that that gives it a little bit more sort of reality as well. That it, it is the real boxing world of the time coming to find mm. Rocky Balboa. You know. Well, we go to the next thing. We go to is. I think we, we we go straight to the um, uh, don't we go straight to the um, press conference after that? Oh crap! Go, is it go? Oh, goes that quick? Okay, so yeah, we, so we. I think this is the point where the film get kind of gets like builds traction. Really, it's, it's kind of takes its time, and then it, yeah, off, off the plot. Now it just goes. I just whipped through, through it. Now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but we, I know that Mickey. I don't know. I can't remember when. Not Mickey. I keep saying Mickey. I, I can't remember when Paulie gets fired exactly. Yeah, but I know it's around here, and I know that. Um, I think it's before the before this because as soon as it's all announced he's immediately I, I might be able to make some money out of this and he's like yeah go ahead mm. and it's after the press conference that he talks to his son outside the restaurant so at the press conference you've got a very defensive mason saying um you know i'm 33 and 0 i'm the world champion i've got no respect tony burton turns up again duke and he says the fight will be competitive um and, and, and a portion of the profits are going to go to some charity or something. A portion. <laughs> yeah. A portion. After we all make shitloads, we'll give them a tenner. Uh, after, after expenses. <laughs> yeah. You'll be amazed how heavy our expenses are. Um, <laughs> and then his son goes to the restaurant to speak to him the, that night, basically. Rocky is still wearing exactly what he was wearing at the um, press conference. And his son takes him outside, and we get basically the most famous part speech in probably the Rocky series. Oh, what the, uh, it's not about. Yeah. He says yeah. to him, you know, I get, you know, I just get a little bit ahead and now this will ruin it. People only talk to them because, because of me, because of you, please don't do this for me. And then he starts saying about, you know, you used to fit in the palm of my hand and you were, he, he didn't, yeah. <laughs> I saw him when he was a baby, didn't at all. <laughs> um, and yeah. The, you know the head of hair, Mike. But, um, so <laughs> then some very said, nice hair in this film. Yeah. So then he said, um, he says something to him like, "You grew up really good, but then you let people stick the finger in your face and say you're no good." And then he said, "Life's really hard, but it, you know, to succeed, it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward." And the best bit is where he just says, "That's how winning is done." And I'm just thinking, yeah, that's actually Rocky's thesis in one go. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. That's it. It's not about how hard you get hit. It's about how how hard you get mm. hit, and yeah. keep moving. And you get up again and keep on going. No, I think that that, that sums up everything. And it, there's probably some truth to it. And yes, it's corny, but I think it's beautifully written. I think it's beautifully acted. And the way he just shouts at him, that's how winning is done. I just mm. think, yeah, that that's the cherry on it. Perfect. Yeah, that is how winning is done. It, it's a nice sort of way for Sly to be like. The, the dad actually sort of uh, telling them off while giving him some wisdom as well. It's like, look, stop being a dick. Get your act together. Do it for yourself. Don't. Yeah. But it's but it's couched in love. It's couched mm, in compliments. Yeah. It's couched in what a great guy you've become. You yeah. are a really great guy. But if there's one thing I've learned, it's this. You know. Um. And they 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 reconcile at Adrian's grave the next day. We find out earlier in the film Rocky goes there every day. Yeah. Uh, to talk to her. In the next film, we see he leaves a chair there as well, which I love. 
lovely little touch that there's a chair yeah, in the tree. Yeah, that's a nice little touch, isn't it? Um, we see in this film as well. He's kind of like he, he leaves. Did the chair. we see him take the tree? Do we? I don't. Yeah. Know. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. But I, I noticed it more in the next one where he grabs it out yeah. of the tree. So also did um, I, in fact, so I, yeah. Yeah. So they reconcile, and then he says, "I, I want to be with you." So he's quit his job, and that's like. Paulie asking for a job in the first one, isn't it? It's like, it he's yeah. about to retire? This is not a long-term career goal. No. Um, but then I suppose what we're saying is do what you love and he doesn't love his job. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah, he kind of realises where his, his passion lies, as it were. Um, and, yeah, decides to leave me that instead. What passion that is, we don't know. But... No, but some kind of, you know, he just, he just wants to be a rocky, doesn't he? So, and follow him around. Hey, Dan, I'm going to be a boxer so... like you. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, that, that was quite. I think that's something that really interested me because it's obviously you kind of got that wedge, as it were, between Rocky and um, Robert, um, not Caesar. <laughs> mm. It looked even less monkey-like, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. Obviously, how he's kind of it kind of sets him in this world that's completely different to Rocky, um, and, not, and doesn't want to be a boxer and doesn't want to um, follow in his footsteps, as it were, um, and try to live in that shadow. Um, but yeah, so it's quite. You kind of feel like when he does sort of quit his job and think, no, I want to follow you and support you in your fight. You just think, oh, really? Okay, well, fair enough, you know. <laughs> so then the the um, the next thing that's really um, uh, was in all the trailers as well, as long as what you haven't peaked yet, is Duke talking <laughs> to him at the very outset yeah. of training. Let's so build some hurting Your legs bombs. are gone, so you're running, serious running's out, and you've got calcium deposits all over your joints, so sparring's out. Let's start, it's like, some hurting, let's start building some hurting bombs. Yeah, it's kind of like looking at all, the, all these issues, he's like looking at Pauline, he's like, boy, like, yeah, I've got those. <laughs> but yeah, the, the logic is basically, well, basically all you got is like sure power, so basically you just, just go into like a bulldozer and just... Yeah, you've got a puncher's chance. That's all you've got. Yeah. You're not going to be fast. Um, in the interim, they do go. He does meet with um, Steps at the dog pound, and they get punchy. Um, and he says on the commentary, it's pretty obvious. I mean, it, this is nothing you wouldn't already know. It's... But they deliberately chose a small dog, and he said, "Well, this is where Rocky is. A bit, you know, knocked down, a bit past it, all the rest of it. Not necessarily the first one you'd go to." Buckhead was this big, vibrant young dog, and he, he just—and it's a lovely way to see that there's no malice in Rocky because they call it punchy, out of an insult to him. But he just yeah, he's, handles he's, it he's really not, he's well. He's not a violent dog, you know. He's kind of—he's no, out but, of an know, insult to Rocky. To Rocky, yeah. Steps definitely. basically says, "Let's call it punchy," and he's insulting <laughs> Rocky, but Rocky just yeah. goes, "Okay." Turns so it back on. Him. Is, is it? Yeah, turns it back around. Is it testament to the film that I always completely forgot about Steps? <laughs> No, I think Steps is a waste of fucking time in this. And, it, and then it ends up doubling up. It's a storyline story too far, fight, I think. His son's there, and he's like, foster son's there, if you like. And it's just... Mm. No, you haven't thought that through very well at all. No, it is, I'm going to say Steps' character does kind of fall by the wayside. Um, you don't end up bothering with him at all very much, which is, which is a shame. But, but I think it's probably what, perhaps one, one story thread too it, far, I think. He just seems a bit too eager to like offer him like, jobs, and it's sort of like, oh, it's like... I get that it's nice to be nice, but all right, don't, you know... It it, it it does feel a little bit like he's you know I mean it's fair enough to do kind of address it with uh, Marie saying like you know what what do you want you know it's like but he's, he's just trying to be nice and trying to be like do right about nice people but it does come across a little bit all right it's like you know calm down you know <laughs> and and the idea of steps is you know he's at first he's like who the fuck is this guy <laughs> and then the next bit it's like oh I really like Rocky. <laughs> 
it's just a little bit for it just feels like it's not very well very well developed so we then head off to last oh he, he has a talk to um marie and marie's fighters fight which is just neither here nor there as a scene um they go to las vegas where the fight's going to take place at the mandalay bay resort and casino seen quite a few famous fights come from that place so yeah that, that's a real venue that does get used um they actually one of the first things they filmed because the film came out in america november 06 came out over here just after christmas and but the first things they filmed were november 05 a full year earlier because this was actually the bernard hopkins jermaine taylor fight the second one between them funnily enough i thought i'd pretty much gone off boxing by this point but i've seen both of those fights so i must have i must have still been somewhat interested so they filmed all the entrances and all the people shouting rocky's name and all the rest of it mm. that's real that's fight fans they just said right we, we, we've got this thing we're filming uh they filmed it all in three days they they, they tried to improvise as much as possible um and i think that actually hurts the fight but we'll get to that um Adrian, he, he said that it, Adrian's photos taken to him by Marie the night before. Um, and he said that was the one way to sort of neutralise the, the romance thing. That he said where he is, and now she said where she is. Well, here's the picture of Adrian. I'm not replacing her. I'm not even trying. I guess, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's just like have that female love interest, but not really, isn't it? It's just kind of like have... You know, maybe just have like well, let's let's kind of have a a female in there in because Adrian's not here. Let's just have like throw like any any like a female in the in the in, in relationship because because it's, it's all pretty pretty mannish in here. Yeah, I mean, I understand all that, and mm. you know, it's fine. There are little things I like that we we now cut to basically an HBO broadcast. Now it was still made by Sly, the director, but what he did, what he said he did was he went and got HBO's playbook if you like that hbo have a guide to how you film these things mm. where you put your cameras and all the rest of it so there's okay. one in each corner or one pointing at each corner and there's drawings of it where they go and he, he showed some of this in the special features and so he copied all of that he used real hbo guys you've got the guy who says so they don't have to call it an execution that's larry merchant now in his 80s but i've seen him call many fights and in, in you know uh, interview many fighters you know after afterwards and so on you got jim lampley there and max kellerman i think it is they're all real guys that i knew anyway um and what the thing he points out himself is you cut backstage and you've got uh, mason like warming up and sparring and you've got rocky just sat there <laughs> And he just said that was kind of deliberate. He's just a little bit, he's not really, he's kind of a little bit out of his depth now because <laughs> it's not what he does anymore. And you've got Spider Rico doing all the religious stuff with him praying and all the rest of it. And then he comes out to, um, he comes out to Frank Sinatra, High Hopes. And his yeah. face when this music starts is brilliant because <laughs> it was Paulie's choice and he didn't tell him. I just love that where he's like, what, "What's this?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's, then, it's, uh, it's almost like appropriate, though, isn't it? I do, I, I do like it as a kind of like entrance yeah. music. But we do get the uh, the whole uh, face-off between him and Dixon before, which is like, 
what what what's the line? It ain't over till it's over. It's like one of those eighty thing. It's like probably seventy. Seventy actually. Yeah, yeah he's just <laughs> basically nice saying, you know, don't hurt me, don't piss around, and I'll make you look quite good. Yeah. yeah. But, well, no, I'm not here to. A lot of people come to Vegas to lose. I I didn't. No, I didn't come here to lose. Exactly. Um, yeah, the, the referee's a real guy, Joel Cortez. I don't know if he still referees, but he certainly did back here. Um, the, the interviewers. The, the announcer's the people, real? The announcer's yeah, the Michael announcers, Buffer. Yeah. Let's get ready to rumble. That's Michael mm. Buffer, the HBO announcer. Yeah, he's a famous got, announcer. When they're interviewing um, people um, going back a bit on the about the computer fight, you've got the guy there with the hat on who's holding like an unlit cigar. That's yeah. Bert Sugar. He has passed away now. He had lung cancer. Funnily enough, I've never seen him light any tobacco, but he did die of lung cancer. But he used to write and talk very intelligently about boxing. Um, Bernard Hernandez, I think, was the other guy. I've read some of his stuff in the past. So this is this is just absolutely flush with people that make it, that give it various similitude, if you like. I think that's fantastic because uh, it, it makes it more authentic, doesn't it? You're like, yeah, I'm good, like Sandins or you know people. Yeah. And, and, and Tyson, was, Tyson was at the fight. Tyson yeah. was at the fight, and they just said, "Do you want to do this?" And he said, "Yeah, why not?" Yeah, he just happened to be there. He's like, "Oh yeah, let's yeah. do it." So that yeah, I think that's really good. It makes it more authentic and gives it more atmosphere. Just, yeah, just, so, just giving Dixon shit. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, by the time the film come out, Tyson had retired. But yeah, yeah but it's all good. I mean, you've got you know, you've got an authentic fighter. You know, who's there? Who's been in the ring? Is you know, he's got that experience behind him. Um, yeah, it just kind of gives it a real layer of authenticity, which is which is fantastic to see. I think. Didn't you um, say um, uh, Mr. T was going to be in this? Yeah, Mr. T was going to be uh, one of the ringside uh, announcers stroke commentators. Basically, I think he was going to be what Apollo was in the first fight in 3. Oh, wow. Um, and and he was going to explain that he'd found God and everything. He was. He, I don't think there was going to be a load about it, but basically yeah. he was going to be, if you like, a reformed character. Not that he was necessarily a criminal, but a bit like George Foreman, he was going to be a lot more happy-go-lucky because he'd found religion, hmm. and he was going to be at ringside. They they wrote you know various things, and I think there was even talk of Drago at one point. Um, what being happy-go-lucky and well, I don't know. I, th- I think there was talk of, of of a little bit of a catch-up on what had happened to him, but it, it didn't happen for whatever reason. Could have been money. This was made for twenty-four million. The last one, sixteen years earlier, was forty-two. So. Pound for pound, this is the lowest budget film probably since the second one. Um, you know, pound for pound. Um, so the fight's a 10-rounder because um, it's not for a title. So that that's accurate too. And I have to say... Oh, the other thing is Mason comes out to 3-6 Mafia. Now, didn't that win an Oscar? I'm not because here. I do remember at the Oscars that year, somebody said, and now the official count, Oscars... <laughs> three six oh, mafia one martin scorsese nil oh maybe it didn't i can't yeah, I don't know. it might have been for another film because i'm pretty sure this is the same year as the departed so possibly not but yeah somewhere around there they did win like a, a an oscar for like best song or something three mm. um, six i'll look this up right now uh three six mafia um what did they win their oscar for chris uh academy award for it's hard, it's hard out here to pin. Oh, for hustle and flow. Yes. Ah, oh, that's the uh, Terence, uh, yeah. Terence and Philip movie. <laughs> uh, no. Akaga. Akaga. I was about to call him Terence Phillips. Terence Malik. <laughs> no, not Terence Malik. Terence no. Howard from Terrence uh, Howard, that was it. the original Roadie. 
Yes. He was in Hustle and Flood. I've never ever seen that film, so I just deny well, all knowledge. Well, it, it's not a ter- I promise you. It's, it's not, not a charismatic film. No, it's, it's not, not a Terrence and Phillip film. It's not a Terrence and Phillip film either, no. Hearts of Fury. That's as a fire, that's it. That's a fire, wasn't it? Oh my god, I can't wait till we do those films. That's going to be so Hey, Carl. I'm I, I I feeling I'd really enjoy that if it was a real film. <laughs> they should they should do one. That'd be so funny. What what a guy's yeah. self should do a real Terrence of Philip film. Yeah, Terrence of Philip the movie, I think, after okay. you know. But anyway, so the, the fight starts I'm not that fond of the fight, and I think some of it is it's improvised. And of course it's improvised rather than fully choreographed by somebody who isn't a boxer. So now you've got Sylvester Stallone as a relatively old man in boxing terms, trading punches with a with a world champion, and it all looks a bit amateurish on his side. Hmm. So I don't love the fight particularly. Well, it things it doesn't help that it starts out like as very slow as slug as it as it would do because obviously he's just dancing around him, punching him. He, he's trying to punch him and he just keeps missing. So it just he feels did say like... that. He uh, I, that does remind me. He did say that on the commentary. He said that. He said it was it was in keeping with action cinema of the era. He said, but we were throwing too many punches um, in the first. In the it had got to too many punches, too many haymakers, too many loud noises on them. Mm. He said so. We used real punch noises, which they claimed for four. But when you watch four, I don't believe that. Um, <laughs> and he said. He said Mason is quicker. He said, so the punches we used were like more thwipping and in like a higher register. Mm. He said, Rockies were like lower and more thudding. And for the most part, particularly early in the fight, we used real, real noises. And he said, if we missed or didn't make contact, we didn't put a contact noise on it. Okay. Um, and he, he kept having to encourage um, uh, Tarver to hit him for real. And uh, he, he just said it was really hard because he's a fighter and didn't want to. But there's a bit where he's put on the floor, and if you watch it now and you know what you're looking for, he's really struggling to get up, and it's because he was hit for real. And he just said, he just said I was spaced out. He said I went to reach for the rope and I just couldn't get up. Oh. He said, thankfully we had editing. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if it, is it the first or second round. Mason breaks his hand on Rocky's hip. D- does he? I can't remember. Yeah, because basically Rocky um, has a, a massive sort of recovery and puts Mason down. And it's after Mason's hand has been hurt but hasn't yet numbed up. So he's in pain and can only throw with one hand. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was thinking of Rocky. No, yeah. Uh, it's kind of, it kind of also gives like a, a bit of excuse then. He's like, oh, I broke my hand. <laughs> so it's kind of like... Yeah. It kind of but reduced... I think you have to do that. Yeah. I think it's the only way you get to the end of this fight and Mason isn't massively pissed off. He's like, well, I've thought through massive adversary and a bad injury. I mean, I've seen a fighter in the past win with a dislocated shoulder. And, you know, they it, they made heavier weather of the fight than they normally would have. But they were pleased for that very reason. They got through mm. it. And it's the only thing that was going to make it competitive. Because, frankly, Rocky would have been done in about four rounds otherwise. I guess. Yeah. I, I, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. So it's like he, he earns his, his champion stripes by battling through... An injury, yeah. basically. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I get um, that. And that's about it. I mean, the film is, is fairly thin, really. I mean, we, we've got a 10-round fight that, by the end, they are frantically throwing at each other when the bell, you know, ends the fight. And I kind of like that. Mm. 
it's kind of got a very frantic ending to it. They fought in, they fought each other to a standstill, basically. There was um there was a few sort of like shots that were kind of like stylized in that black and white but red blood coming down the face. Didn't like it. Do you not like it? Did you just no, seem out of place? It, yeah, just seemed out of place, didn't like it. It it reminded me, I mentioned I alluded to it last week where um when Rocky's knocked down and you know, get up you son of a bitch, Mickey loves you mm. and you get him sort of almost glide upwards to that music. <laughs> and I said then that's actually something like Sly would have directed himself bit like this really where he's nearly going down he goes down on one knee or something and it's you know my you know and then he's it's like i told the boy you know it's about how hard you you know it's not about how hard you hit and you've got his internal monologue going on mm. never really liked that stylized stuff very much but it's not ruinous it's a, it's all right i did like them giving each other the odd look around their trainer you know, there's bits where they're on the stool and you just see him glance around his trainer towards Mason and Mason just looks back like you know, <laughs> this crazy old man. <laughs> it's like, what are you looking at? Yeah. And I love the fact that at one point they call it out because Jim Lampley says, welcome to Rocky World, meaning basically <laughs> he's just, he just should not still be there. They call no. out the essential absurdity of it. And the other bit I love is where Max Kellerman, who's the youngest of the three of them, says... Rocky's just asked me how I'm doing. <laughs> Rocky Balboa just asked me how I'm doing. I can't believe it. I'm a fan. <laughs> I love that. They do a really great job. I mean, they're professional presenters, but they're yeah. not actors. No. And they've just gone in and done their usual job as well as they can, which has got to be difficult when it's stop start and a director and not a real fighter and, and everything else. I think they do great. Well, there is a kind of like that sense of like of the and saying like I can't believe I'm actually going to be seeing a Rocky fight. Like, kind of. yeah. yeah. So, I about uh, to call a Rocky fight. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it kind of. How do you feel on on the ending though? Like. So obviously they they cut two different endings. Obviously one where yeah, Rocky wins. Ending, there is it? yeah the alternative ending is he basically wins on the split. Yeah. Um, um, and there was a lot of filming of. He said that there was a lot of. He said he, he he hung around in the ring a lot, a lot after the fight for a long time, and as he was looking at it, he was like, "No, Rocky, it's not about the result," which does bookend it nicely with yeah. the first film. It's, it's not about the result. The first one, he calls Adrian to him, and that's all he cares about. And in this one, well, there's nothing left in the ring for him, so he gets out and just sort of milks the applause yeah. and takes it away from the champ, greedy bastard. He says it. So he, he says it to. Uh, he says to Paul. Like, well, Paul, he says to him, he's like, "Have you got rid of the beast?" He's like, "Yeah, the beast is gone." Yeah, yeah. it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Beast aftershave. Take one. Smell. <laughs> Smell. It's okay. I. I. I'm smelling mainly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was kind of thinking, oh no, I hope they're not going to do that. But the, be- the beast is out. The beast, is, yeah. So <laughs> that it could have been the tagline, couldn't it? You could have had him on like a magazine, like he did in the start of Rocky Three, mm. with Rocky says the beast is out, and then like <laughs> beast aftershave. Get ready so, to yeah. smell mainly. Get ready to smell mainly. <laughs> Turn your lady into a beast. <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> Man beast. <laughs> Man beast, that was it. <laughs> so yeah, he said he very nearly ended it. As he as he's leaving the ring and taking the applause and, and pointing you know, to everyone back, shaking well, hands. For one wave, um he said that the bit where he's he's sort of got his hand up and he's sort of like high fiving, if you like, the members of the crowd. He said he it, it freeze framed on that. He said it was so nearly the last shot of the film. It felt he like it, it was. was shot. It was meant to be. 
But then he thought, no, I've sold Adrian short there. <laughs> thought I've sold us short for the entire series. By like, fucking burying her <laughs> and not having to film yeah, And now say. you're worried about it? Well, exactly, yeah. I, that, I found that a bit jarring. I was like, hmm, okay, really? Yeah, well, Adrian, yeah. we did it. What, 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 what was that then, Rocky? Well, yeah, explained, <laughs> you know. So that was a bit of a clumsy reach back, but... But what do you think of Dixon's... With speech around. <laughs> I was going to say, choose your words carefully, Dave. What do you think of Dixon's uh, victory then? I think that sort of like settles... What do you think of Dixon, son? <laughs> well, I like a good feature round. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, on that note, yeah. <laughs> Dixon's victory. What about it? Well, do you think it was like, well, because I never really understood it. I never really understood like why he'd be like... Because I think from a, an audience perspective, they would have walked out and said, yeah, whatever, you just you couldn't even beat the world champion, like a, an old man, like... You know, yeah, see, I think the overall result would be to hurt his reputation. I think on balance, the audience would say, well, he has proven what heart he's got now because he was badly hurt in the fight and all the rest of it. Yeah. But the end result would be, I'm supposed to measure him against people, like, you know, greats of the past, like in this universe, Apollo Creed, etc. When he couldn't get comfortably passed. He couldn't get a better result against a 55-year-old man, which is the age Rocky's being played as here even though Stallone's a little older than that at this point. He, he couldn't get past him any easier than Apollo did when like Rocky was 29, 30. I'm mm. not convinced he'd be as pleased as he is. Yeah. No, I'm just say, I kind of feel the same. It's a bit, it's, it's not very, not very convincing for me. I don't think. I mean, of all the things I'm, I've said tonight and I'm going to say tonight, I'm quite happy to be disagreed with there. You know, I know the the Rocky Balboa podcast listen to us, and if you disagree with us, tell us why. What 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 is it about this that he would be this happy? He would get some comfort from having shown some heart, I think. But found the measure sh- of a man. He found surely, surely, yeah, exactly. uh, surely, surely a Dixon, for a, a, a sort of taking it easy Dixon would probably have expected to finish Balboa in like half a dozen entertaining rounds. Not life and death split decision over ten rounds. And plus all the crowd are chanting Rocky as well. It's like no one sort of seems to really give a shit about yeah, him. All you've done is got is given the fight going public a massive dose of nostalgia that'll just say, yeah, actually this generation is shit, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's, kind of, that's my real problem with it. I mean, it's, first of all, it's kind of you know, which is as an exhibition fight, and also the fact that, um, I mean, if, if I'm honest, Dave, you know, my history and knowledge of boxing is very limited to, to this film, and obviously not, not as great as yours. Um, I was probably more growing up with sort of like Hulk Hogan and stuff like that, you know, in, in the sort of the 80s and, and 90s. Um, but to me, that there's no real, there's no real stakes. It's just a basically, I mean, it's not not to say that there's anything wrong with it. It's just basically a nostalgia trip. But there's no real weight or threat, you know, behind behind this fight, as it were. And it just seems a bit of a kind of I just think it's a stretch. They, I think it's a stretch. They even would have done this. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a stretch. Rocky says yes to this in the first place. I do think it's a stretch, despite that sort of lip service to letting the beast out. I think that kind of came a bit out of nowhere. So, I mean, he's clearly not a happy man, no. but he talks as though there's like pent up rage, and I just don't see it. No, and exactly. So all of a sudden he wants to fight again, which I don't believe. An ex 
heavyweight champion who the last time was told he had brain damage. Now, I'm willing to accept the off-screen explanation that that's a misdiagnosis and everything else. But, but if that's the last word you were given on it, why would you suddenly um, start even looking for a license again? You know, no, the you need a bit more motivation for the characters. You know, well, I know, it, I know, it's written by different people, and it's te- and it's nine years further on again. But in Creed, he says to he says to young Adonis, "Time got him about Apollo." Mm. Well, that was a man in his late thirties. How do you think this is ever going to be safe or desirable or good for you or give you anything in life? Yeah. And to leap from that to a special event at Las Vegas, which then sells out, I find that very, very hard to believe. I do. Now, I know there's some fantasy in it. The overall result is, I think, that you kind of forget all of this and just watch it and enjoy it. Yeah, you just go I with think, it, don't you? you kind of let I, it watch I think over it's you. a really, really enjoyable film, and it does it about as well as you're ever going to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, once you you give it a moment's thought and it's like, come on, really? Yeah. I think that's basically where it is. The film just has like loads and loads and loads of nostalgia that makes you feel happy. Almost like the the match itself, like the fans would be like, oh great, we're seeing Rocky again. But the there isn't much meat to go on if you actually look into the film or beyond that. No, when you when you sort of pair it back. No, no, but it's it's the sort of film where you're happy when it's on, but you know, like you know. Chances are, if I if I've got like if I'm ever gonna rewatch a Rocky film, it's not gonna be this, you know. But that's that's almost not a quality judgment in my mind because I do. For yeah. me, I mean, you might disagree because your film tastes are different to mine. But I, I don't think it's that. Oh, I prefer three and four. I don't. I think I think this is better than three or four or five. Yeah. But it just feels because it's so far removed in time. It's stretching any kind of credibility in a series that has done that for quite a while anyway, that it just doesn't feel particularly essential. It is a little victory lap, and I don't begrudge the series that, but I was very defensive of this film when things like Creed came out. But now I think about it, Creed is a stronger film than this, comfortably. I think think, uh, Creed adds to what Rocky Five should have been. I mean, this kind of touches on what Rocky Five should should have been. Creed kind of adds to that. It takes that element of the Rocky becoming the trainer rather than the fighter, uh, and 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 does the better job that way. Um, I yeah, I, I I do agree with you. It is it is a better film than than the what I say in terms of like, well, you know, I, I watch it again, you know. But what I'm saying is, there's no nothing to really to to go back on it for you know it's just like well what i'm watching for i mean at least at least i can just sort of watch rocky four for just the sheer just enjoyment of of it and and kind of laugh along the way the, the other three films have actual story and character moments in that i can kind of go to you know if i want to relive any of those um and and well yeah not rocky five but <laughs> yeah but, but at least rocky five is actually actually trying to do something as well so I don't have yeah we, we talked about it last week we weren't kind to it but yeah yeah it, it's got almost comedic how much of, of a kicking that film gets um because it's come on folks it ain't that bad um it's not um it's not terrible but it's not like ultra amazing either so it, it, no, it does it, its job if i'm in a if i'm in the mood to like concentrate and think about it and want a quality film the only film i'm really going to put on is the first one mm-hmm. if i want something a little bit more feel good 
as in, yeah, fuck it, I do want the happy ending. I'll stick two on. And they're the only two that really I need. Yeah. Of the first six. Having said that, this is the only one that lives anywhere near them in quality. Yeah, in terms of like how it's handled, like the style of it, yeah, definitely. It's, it's a really well-made film. There's a few stylistic things I don't like, but you know, Sylvester Stallone brings his A game. Burt Young really, really brings his his A game, mm. and we'll talk a bit more about Burt Young next week for reasons we'll go into next week. Um, and I just think everyone is really, really committed to making this a great film rather than like another Rocky film. And so, yeah, I've, I like it a lot. I, I just knew that going to scene to scene, I'd have a lot to say about it that wasn't so positive. And also, the film's a lot thinner than I remember. I was quite surprised to find it only had a 100-minute running time. I don't remember it being as slight as it is. Or I didn't remember that. Yeah, no, I I I was expected to be a little bit longer as well, but it's like I kind of I kind of like a sharp running time now as well sometimes. I know uh, that. I think that. But um, one of the things I did find strange, did you notice the the girl who approached him at the bar? You like you know what what a drink of him, kind of like shouting shouting down the the, the guy. Yeah, I, I was I like, where the a... fuck did that come from? <laughs> that was at random. I know. She was. Um, who is she? she was... She was just a real person from Philadelphia who lived a few blocks from that bar. Okay. And they put her in the film. She she'd lived this life apparently. A bit of local color. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He said I wouldn't have got that from an actress or anything else. Well, fair enough. Okay. No, I mean, it was I a think a lot of, of this film is a bit random where that kind of antagonistic behavior came from. But I think what the performance that she gives in that short amount of time is is very raw and very real and very emotional. So I will say that to, to her to credit. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But I think all the step stuff isn't really necessary. Although it's nice to see him finding friendship with a woman, I kind of think it it kind of falls between two stools. Because you can see that the um, you can see that she's there to 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 be. What is she there to be? In that you could see that the studio are pushing for romance, and he's pushing back against it. And they leave it in this nether world of there's some kind of attraction and closeness there but what is it um and so i end up kind of almost wishing she wasn't in the film no it's kind of meant to be a replacement for adrian but obviously you can you can tell that that's what the studio were pushing for and also you can tell that the semester was like no you know it's not what should happen and i think that's kind of basically kind of what she's there for just as a kind of not love interest but sort of female support figure i guess i mean i mean if it was if it was built in maybe the part of Rocky getting over Adrian in some ways, but mm. that's not really addressed. No. Well, he doesn't get over her, does he, really? No, he doesn't. Well, no, exactly. I mean, but if there was, like, something that he needs, like, say, like, oh, I just can't, like, be around women at all or something, you know. you got something to... like Marie, who's a happy medium. I can... The only thing I can understand about it is there's not many women in this film. Yeah. And you think, well... Unless Rocky's world is to be entirely male, with the exception yeah. of like the hostess at his restaurant or maitre d or whatever a role's meant to be, and you know, yeah, I I can understand it from that. Um, yeah, it's just like look around, it's like like where's the chicks? There's like literally all guys, <laughs> you know, without without Marie, um, which, I, which I understand the element, but then again, part of that problem is though it kind of undermines the fact that she's there. It's just well. You're literally there to kind of balance things out a bit. That's really yeah. Uh, it, it's all they've almost overthought it 
it's like oh we we best have and I'm not sure it's the most organic thing in the world. Yeah. Certainly, we're going to see a love interest in next week's film, which we won't bother spoiling now if you haven't seen it, that you could still say, well, what's the point? But it's like, no, no, that actually plays a lot more natural. Well, and it's love, not love, love interest for Rocky, by the way. It's, uh... No, it isn't. No, it isn't. <laughs> Thank God. No, it isn't. <laughs> Him and Punchy don't go all the way. <laughs> no. So, well, final Pudgy. thoughts, Becca. Um, yeah, again, just to echo what you guys say, I know it's not very not very original. Um, yeah, I mean, there are aspects of this film which probably, for me, do belong, uh, just in terms of plot and character, do probably belong on the small screen. Um, but I say what, what it kind of lacks in terms of sort of character and development and any kind of real sense of plot, really, is kind of made up for in production values. I mean, the same with Rocky Five, in terms of the way it's made, the way it's structured, the way it's lit. Um, it's very much kind of going back to the streets and, and other streets as well. Um, I think the plot is, is, is really paper thin um, but again you've got the characterisation of sort of Rocky who's kind of is, as you said, it's one last hurrah, it's one last victory lap um, and, and again at this stage you don't you know, as you said, you don't sort of really begrudge it so much um, because that, that is what it is um, I think, yeah, I think um, Marie I was going to call her something else then <laughs> Marie I think is underserved um, Steps is really underserved and a little bit of a storyline that's, you know, one, one character too far um character of Spider Rico, seeing him again, it's another callback to the first film. Um that's very kind of there's a lot of pathos in, in his scenes. Um and again it's got you've got a lot of callbacks obviously the the turtles and, and the dog as well being metal for where you know where Rocky is in, in his career. Um yeah there's a whole lot of throwbacks there and I just think you know this is obviously before Creed sort of was gonna come along, it's like the one last hurrah and I think it's it's the ideal way to go out really. I think 'cause you're going out even though Rocky didn't technically kind of won, I guess, uh, we're still going out on a high. Um, I think it's, it's a good way for then uh, for the series to, to come to its natural end, as it were. But I still rate it highly, um, probably better than four or five or six. <laughs> oh, this is Rocky's well, six. Six. four or five. But I think it's <laughs> way better than itself. But, oh yeah, yeah, or eight or nine. But no, I, I just remember um, back in the or well, like when nineties when um, when you, know, you could still go to Blockbuster. Um, and rent VHS, for example, and you had that kind of anti-piracy video before um, before the main film. God, and, and you can't things. skip it as well. It's like no, so yeah, annoying. You can't sort of fast forward through. Um, but I remember, um, yeah, I think the other was like basically a guy buying um, counterfeit videos and off a street trader, and it's like Rocky four, five, six, seven, eight, and it's like lo and behold, here we are today. You know, we're actually getting these kind of films. You couldn't skip it, and it's like, well, why are you telling me that I actually got this DVD? This is actually a legal copy. <laughs> Well, well, well. And that, that, that was an annoying thing. Like with, with videos, obviously you could fast forward through whatever. But with, with DVDs, I remember it's like back in yeah early two thousands when I was sort of buying sort of DVDs, you couldn't always skip them. Like sometimes you could sort of fast forward them, or know. you know, and for some reason you couldn't always skip past it. It's just like oh, super that's our, uh, So that's our. Dis- do you expect us to talk top tip for this week? Start <laughs> remanufacturing VCRs and go back to VHS, folks. They're really expensive to buy now, amazingly enough. I think there is, I'm sure there's a shop somewhere in, in Bristol, I think, um, that still hires out VHS and, and VCRs, probably for, for quite a quite a big fee, I imagine. But, um, imagine yeah, that. complete. I, Why? I don't know. Go, go into Bristol. <laughs> and you wouldn't, nobody has a TV to play them because they don't have Scott. I don't know. I've gone completely off topic here. But in a nutshell, I quite enjoyed Rocky, for, <laughs> Rocky Balboa for all its faults. Bourbons. <laughs> oh, we're going off topic. Bourbons. Bourbons. And 
Bourbons to you. Uh... Bourbons to you too. Expect us to talk Christmas hamper. Along with replica Charlie Brigden beards. <laughs> oh, they mention Christmas yet? Oh dear. These, these are that would just be like the beard in uh, in Blackadder two with the uh, the sailor guy that uh, Red, big bushy beard Tom Tom <laughs> Baker plays what's his name <laughs> yeah oh, yeah yeah red beard rum red yeah. beard that's it yeah, yeah that's it yeah it'll just be that sardine juice <laughs> <laughs> and bourbons to you it'll just be a big case of bourbons you know, you know. Um, yeah I. Yeah, I, look, I, I enjoyed Rocky Six or Rocky Balboa, as it's actually called. Uh, was, it ever called <laughs> was it actually called Rocky Six in some places? No. Well, yeah. I, I, I can't speak for every territory, but not in not no, in the main territories. Not here. No. Forward slash. Yeah, obviously it made me cry in some places. Uh, it, I found it very entertaining, but I say the plot's very weak. I I wouldn't necessarily think I necessarily watch this again you know I'd only really watch it if I was going to sit through the entire Rocky films but you know it, it is probably one of the better directed one of the, the, the better directing jobs Sloan <clears throat> did for the series um, and you know it, it's it got a lot to like, in it, like about it but the problem is there isn't anything any meat in the story that actually draws you into it uh, so you do tend to go for more the weaker ones or, or, or the, the best ones like actually Rocky itself. You might as well just watch that. Uh, but you know it's 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 certainly not a waste to watch. It's it's definitely worthwhile seeing if you've not seen it before. I think that's the point. You could, you, you know in two thousand and six or two thousand and seven in this country, you you go to the cinema to watch a Rocky film, and this is absolutely the best you could ever imagine. Mm. A far far better than it had any right to be. Mm. We're now ten years on from that, and it and it's just another one in a box set. So it's like, well, I'm looking at this box set. What matters to me? What interests me? Um, there's a big difference between this is the Rocky film we're offering you, and yes, this is great. And well, pick a Rocky film. You're not going to pick this, really. Yeah, I can. I can imagine. I imagine seeing it in the cinema and, and people walking away happy. You know, at the time, I really was. And I still like it. I mean, I, I, I don't wish to sound that negative. We're all saying mm. what a positive experience it is, how it's better than it had any right to be, how it's well acted, how it moved us. I think at, at um, the time it did receive quite mixed reviews. It, I think, um, oh, who was it? I think the, the, the Guardian at the time may have given it one star or something ridiculous like that. But I think generally... <laughs> we had boxing in it and it's The Guardian. Well, I mean, or, fucking or, hell. If they had been about planting a fucking, you know... Allotment somewhere, they'd have probably liked it. Did, did, I think, yeah, did the Guardian not like my boxing? Point was that, my point is that generally, it, it you know receives at the time sort of the overall favourable mm. reviews. The Guardian yeah. did an article the other day saying something like Idris Elba shouldn't be Bond, no one should be, and then it had an article about well, that was that was Joanna Lumley saying that yeah. apparently. But anyway, but it, that's a whole no, other no, no, but no. She said it should be Idris Elba, right? Which mm. is. A point I don't really care to go into now, maybe during a commentary coming up or something we might. But she made a comment on that, and The Guardian used it. And I read The Guardian because it's kind of in line with my politics, right? But it is beyond fucking parody at some points. They, they had an old article about how sexist and passe the Bond films were. 
No. And it's just like, they just suck the fucking joy out of everything in life, The Guardian. <laughs> and some of their articles are really funny. And the newspapers uh, and are available. And I just remember, I think it was Julia, I think it was Al Murray. He, he had this fucking um, hashtag on Twitter once called Guardian Bond. <laughs> and, and, and basically, I think I remember that. Yeah. Basically, rename the Bond films as though it was like something the Guardian would come up with. What did correct? So I put in the world is not sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> and he retweeted that. He quite liked it. But, no, but that's the Guardian. I, I kind of like it and hate it at the same time. It sucks all the pleasure out of things. You know? No, they can be quite dry and very peaceful. I'm, an old, they, I'm an old lefty, but offer me a night on the piss and I'll take a bunch of fucking fascists anytime. <laughs> <laughs> over a bunch of Guardian fucking readers. It may not have been the Guardian, it may have been another left leaning paper, but, but I think have, that, yeah, I remember sort of reading at the time and there's like one star. I was like, oh my god, you know, I'm not going to see it, that. But it, it generally. At all. I mean, I remember Kermode's review from the time, mm. and it wasn't unlike ours. I mean, I disagree with him quite a lot, but sure. the, to- the tone of his review was very much it we, doesn't make a lot of sense it's rather silly but boy does it take you with it yeah well exactly yeah you've got the emotional right. depth there haven't you and you've been and you've come the sense that you've you've come full circle as it were you've been on that journey with him and that's what matters at the end of the day i think that's what's that's what's really important totally off the point listeners if you uh, if you ever any of you ever follow jim will paint it on facebook or twitter <laughs> I put in a rec- he asks what you want painted, right? And he does these really like good things of celebrities and weird fucking. He does it like an MS Paint or something, doesn't he? I don't know how he does it, but it's really good. Um, but I put in a request tonight for a, a painting of uh, inside Buckingham Palace, and I've gone with the Queen, Riddick Bow, Samuel L. Jackson, Ronnie Corbett, Michael Aspel, and Queen Latifah. All dr- I don't know why Queen Latifah, but I decided to add. L- that one. I was going to say when when do we. <laughs> So so she no, she became part of the law tonight. Okay. Right? And okay. they're all sat around eating bourbon biscuits and drinking copious vodka martinis whilst listening to our podcast. And we're saying starring Edward Snowden. <laughs> and if any of you want to fucking bombard Jim or paint it with the exact same request, be our guest, because I'd love to see that. That would be amazing. <laughs> it's funny you should bring up Edward Snowden, because uh, I, I, I was just thinking today, like, wouldn't it be great if, like, the when we get to, like, the, the replacement of Daniel Craig and it's, like, some unknown actor called Edward Snowden? That'd that. be great. Not the <laughs> yeah. Edward Snowden, just an Edward Snowden. Yeah. Edward Snowden, yeah. <laughs> if your name is Edward Snowden, get in Ob- touch Obviously, with yeah. hear from you. Obviously. But yeah, that would just be brilliant. That would actually make my day. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> the new Bond is Edward Snowden. <laughs> Starring Edward Snowden. Starring Edward Snowden. The thing is, now, you wouldn't be able to say it normally, would you? No. No. You, you wouldn't no, be able yeah, to go, to. and tonight <laughs> it's Shatterhand starring, it would be starring Edward Snowden. And then it would be Ralph Fiennes. And all. All right, it's Rafe Fiennes, actually, but Chris it is Rafe on Fiennes, saying actually. Ralph. I love that. Chris always says Ralph. It, it, no, it's Rafe, don't you know? He's, he's, a, he's a Ralph, he can't lie to me. It's no, he's Ralph, Ralph, <laughs> but it is Rafe. I've got many years of scheduled it, briefing. It, so. that's, that's basically like... Ralph, you know, keep, the end. That, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically keeping up appearances, isn't it? It's like a uh, bucket bouquet. Okay. Bouquet is like no, no, no. You're Ralph. Rafe. Don't try and posh it up. And what Embrace part are you it. playing? <laughs> Fug number two. <laughs> Man on street. Oh. By, by, by Ralph ends. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> have we got have we got any quiz tastic times? 
Um, I have the answers from last week, but I don't have any quiz questions this week, sadly. Um, I'm saving it all up for um, for our next film, and also Bat Facts, when we come to do Batman. Bat, bat Facts. Batman is coming. No, 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 Bat Facts. That's going to be awkward in that rubber suit. Hope it doesn't stain. Quick, get Dry cleaners. <laughs> clean this. Oh, dear. <laughs> I think sometimes he forgets when he's like in different outfits, you know, when he's like, she has Bruce Wayne, he goes like, uh... oh, see... <laughs> oh, dear. there is a, there is a, there is a, a series of sketches on that one there. And there was one where he forgot to drop the voice and forgot to take the eye paint off. He gives away his identity. I'll post it on our Facebook page. After that, this. That's another thing. The eye paint is like, Jesus Christ. You'd be like, hang on, hang on. Give, give me 10 minutes. You're kind of... No, no it, it's on, basically, look. it's parodying in the bit from Batman Begins where he says, just tell me who you are. It's not who I am, but what I do that defines me. And she says, Bruce? And he goes, no. <laughs> and it's a long sketch running on from that of him trying to convince her he's not Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne is not Batman. It's really fun. Um, so that's coming soon. What were the answers from last week's, Becca? Um, let's have a look. Okay, so question number one is who is Nuke based on? And what's his catchphrase? Obviously, that's Don King and the catchphrase being only in America. Yep. Um, let's have a look. No, question number two: Where's Tommy gone from? Oklahoma. Uh, question number three: um, Been there. Been there. Been there. Done that. Um, <laughs> what was he suffered from? Coming back from Russia, brain damage. Yep. And what else? I can't read my writing from several weeks ago. What was the question? Do you know? What was the question? Number four: What was the name of Duke's contender? Obviously, Union Ken that we had. Um, yeah, that was it, obviously. And what was the item? Did or if Chris was pronouncing it, it'd probably be onion can. Onion. <laughs> onion can. Oh dear. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was the item that Rocky gave to, to Tommy Gunn? Um, it was actually uh, Creed's red, white and blue trunks. Yeah, though it wasn't. It was his own, but it was based no, on... No, exactly. <laughs> to much controversy. Yeah. yeah, sadly no quiz questions, no stupid quiz questions this week. Um, I'll save them all for our end of Rocky's to special. be honest we're not convinced the quiz has taken off because we don't exactly get like inundated with answers no I haven't so... I tried to log in to check the emails and was stupidly barred so I haven't actually checked the email account for quite some weeks yeah, so well, yeah we, we had to block Becca she was uh... I was just too naughty so yeah. trying to hack but it didn't so back, back to the facts yeah probably after um, well I'll, I'll leave out Creed uh, yeah. and then when we come to do Batman it'll just be back facts hmm Okay, so social media, folks. Oh, you can follow me at Cinematronics, uh, and you can also check out the website which uh, has this podcast, which is cinematronics.co.uk. You can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. Uh, as for me on Twitter, I'm at RV Movies. I still haven't changed my name, um, and you never will. So I never will. I'm just going to not bother anymore. Um, no, at least we've gone past the phase where every four episodes, Chris goes. What should you change it to, listeners? And then we have a... And nobody replies. And, and no one replies. Yeah. No, I think I'll, just, I'll stick with it to the time being, because I haven't got time for that shit anymore. Um, How so, about yeah, Rebecca can... Views movies? This it, or... Wow. Some bit of alliteration, maybe. The whole rebranding exercise. Or our Watches movies. Hmm, this is it. All right. <laughs> That's quite long and... funky. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Thrilling things. Or, or bourbons <laughs> to you. There you are. That, that bourbons to you. But nothing boring about bourbons. I love them. 
if you happen I to be, if you're listening to this and you happen to be a biscuit manufacturer, send me some. Send bourbons. us some bourbons, please. We'll mention. For, we'll we'll me, mention. Forgive me if I've asked this question, but is there a difference between bourbons and uh, chocolate creams? For fuck's sake! I edit the show, so yeah, I've heard you say that a few times. I've always wanted to know. Yes, one of them's bourbons, and the <laughs> other doesn't fucking count. <laughs> Yeah, so if you want us to have really natural, organic conversations about how great your bit bourbon biscuits are, manufacturers out there... I prefer chocolate you know, creams, and how but... It reminds samples, me please. of things we've seen in certain films, then send us some. We'd be happy to test out your products and give you a rating. Oh, fuck, I'm going to test the shit out of them. <laughs> they better be branded bourbons, though, otherwise I can't touch them. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm sending you guys for Christmas. Oh, dear. Bourbons! <laughs> <laughs> the official biscuit of do you expect us to talk yeah and on that note if you want to follow us on twitter we are at expect us to talk on facebook.com slash expect us to talk you can also find our lovely videos on youtube youtube.com slash do expect us to talk um we're also on letterboxd but nobody bothers with that anymore um and if you want to send us a snail email it's expect us to talk at gmail.com all right well How's the Rocky series been for you so far? Punchy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right, so next week it's the last time before we move on. Which no. means Becca. Do you expect the stock will return with Creed?